give it about a minute what is going on guys welcome back to the freestyle podcast i'm your host Derek ting and today i am so blessed and honored to introduce this individual to you guys because he is not only a huge inspiration to me but someone that i can rely on and call a brother he is the one the only Derek struggle and he is the founder of several movements and businesses including struggle and struggle athletics FBA Heroes and Super Vibe, which is coming soon. Welcome to the show, brother. Yo, what's up, bro? Excited to be here. Oh, man, I'm so excited for this. And so to kick things off, you got to take me back to the beginning because you started in entrepreneurship at a very young age before a lot of us knew what business and entrepreneurship were really about. Um, So walk us through what it was like growing up and how you turn creativity and hustle into something like entrepreneurship, especially at such a young age. Yeah, for sure, man. So, you know, as a kid, I was, as a kid, I moved around a lot, right? My dad was like in real estate. So we would occupy a property for like one year and then move to a different property. Um, And I was the kid that was like always making friends, leaving friends. Um, And there was a time where I was living in a city called Tracy out here in the Bay Area, uh, where I live like in the Bay Area, San Francisco. And I met, I, I established some of the best friendships I could um, for like three years. Um, and it was the longest I stayed in the city. Um, and then after we moved to a city called San Leandro, and this was like the middle of my freshman year. And it was the most, the hardest like change that I made as a young, like as a, as a kid, uh, because I felt like I was starting all over again. I left all my friends and I've done this several times, but this was really hard on me as a like a freshman going into a sophomore year in high school and because of that I was like always alone in the quad you know I was the type of kid that during recess I would go to the I would start going into uh, the library and just like hang out there like by myself and waited for the bell to ring just so I can go to class because I didn't really have anybody to hang out with and and to top it off San Leandro is like a really like muggy dark rainy place so moving into this place from a city of tracy which was like sunny into this dark dingy like rainy place during the the winter season of like starting school like it just made it just made all of my emotions um like really dim so with that being said it there was a time uh during those those days where i would i would just kind of like be alone and and even at my own home because i didn't have anybody to hang out with that i would go on a website called tumblr so I don't know if you guys remember the, the website called Tumblr or anything like that, but there was a quote that I saw on Tumblr that's just, just scrolling. Um, and it, there was a quote that said, life is a beautiful struggle. And at the time, I didn't understand as a young kid, you know, 13, 14 years old, you know, how the hell can a struggle be beautiful? You know, I thought struggle in life was a bad thing. Um, but, I, but I loved it. The, it. It resonated with me. And I didn't know why so much that, that I decided to put beautiful struggle on a t-shirt. I just designed it on Photoshop, something super simple. I was always a creative, knew how to use Photoshop, put beautiful struggle on a t-shirt, wore it to school. And when I wore it to school, people were like, like, dude, where'd you get that shirt? And I was like, I made it. (laughs) Right. And then they were like, yo, how can I get it? I'm like, well, I'm not really selling it. Enough people started asking that what I did was I actually took this, this, this shirt in black that just said, literally said beautiful struggle. And I started going to school every day with two duffel bags one duffel bag on my left hip, and then one duffel bag on my right hip. The duffel bag on my left hip had people's orders. So from the day before, I would have like a ton of post-it notes on my left arm, literally. 
and I would just be like, oh, um, uh, Derek, you wanted size medium? All right, I got you in black. Cool, I got <laughs> you tomorrow. And I would have all these orders and that was what my left hip was. My right hip was just a bunch of like random sizes. If, you know, if I had it for you that day, I, I'll give it to you. Um, and I would sling these shirts in the locker room, the quad, the, 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 the hallways and the cafeteria, everything. I was known as the t-shirt guy. And this was the first time like during this time of like my life where I felt like I was really seen that I was really able to express myself creatively. Um, it was, I wasn't doing it for money. I didn't know what entrepreneurship was. I didn't know what business was, uh, but all I knew I wanted to do as a young kid, being that kid alone in the quad is that I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be acknowledged. I always felt like I was, I always struggled with like feeling significant and recognized. And this was like the first time in my life creating something where I felt like people were like, he's the t-shirt guy. So it kind of had this identity. So when people ask me like, is struggle your real last name? I'm like, <laughs> it's actually not. And only my real friends know my real last name. And I won't say it here because, you know, got to stay anonymous. <laughs> um, and that's what really, you know, people think Derek struggle came from like a couple of years ago, but no, it actually was a part of my identity way before social media was social media, uh, which was like my identity, which was embodying this idea of struggle. Um, and, and that's where things really, you know, that's where my, 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 my creative expression really started to bloom. Um, and that's where I really get, got my creativity from was like under leveraging that imagination, that creativity for like good in the world, right? Some people do it in the form of piano, like, or like music or like art or like dancing or like, you know, whatever their, their creative, like imagination goes to. But for me, creative, my creativity always leads me into like creating things that like make people feel uh empowered um you know it changed like change for the better oh absolutely and it all came from that time when that feeling of feeling alone in the quad and feeling never being seen um that's really where it came from man so so from going to be just working to be seen you know then you grew struggle into a much bigger brand a much more well-known brand so how did you kind of move from how did you keep focused transitioning struggle as a way to be seen and embracing struggle to building a business and a, brand, a real branding and following behind it? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So that's a good question, bro. So one of the things that when I was selling in, in school, um, I didn't have like some sort of online store and understand e-commerce as it is today. But one of the things, and I'll tell you a story, um, when, when I wanted, when people, when I start to post my shirts and stuff, like, and people wearing it at school on MySpace, that, cause there was no like Facebook and like Instagram at the time, right? It was MySpace. Um, people were like, how do I buy this online? So I actually found a website called Big Cartel. Nowadays people use Shopify, but back then we used a website called Big Cartel. I would list the product on there and then people would be able to go on the website. Like, you know, my aunts and my uncles that lived in like New York or something would be able to buy it. Okay. One thing, so one of the things that happened was there was a time where I was like sleeping. Okay. And one of the things I used to do as a young kid is I used to keep my phone on and stick it underneath my pillow, just in case like a girl would like hit me up in the middle of the night. I wanted to be able to like be there. Right. To like, <laughs> Oh shit. Like it's three in the morning. Who's, who's, call, who's texting me. Who's calling me. I wanted to be there nowadays. Like my phone's like on the other side of the room on silent airplane mode. Nobody bothered me. But back then I kept it underneath the pillow. Right. I would never do that today. Um, so one of the, what happened was um, I got, um, uh, I heard my phone vibrate and it started ringing. I, I, when I woke up, I was like, oh shoot, who's texting me? I look at the, the clock and it's like two, three in the morning. I can't really remember exactly, but I look at my phone and I got an order on my big cartel website. And it was the first time in my life where I was like, like, mind you, like, it's like a 
you know, you know, uh, Derek, you're like in t-shirts. So, you know, like margins are like $10, it's $12 ish. So, yeah. you know, I, you know, it wasn't that big, but it's, it was the mere fact that I, I made money while I was sleeping. And I know that's like corny today, like, Hey, make money while you sleep. But like in the day, like I didn't understand that concept. I'm like, wait, I just made $10. Well, I didn't understand the difference between revenue and profits. I was like, I made twenty dollars like, <laughs> while I was sleeping, right? I'm like, that's twenty dollars profit. And then, um, that's when it really sparked my interest into like this whole online space. Now, I, I didn't know understand entrepreneurship as it was. After high school, I stopped doing struggle, uh, doing struggle or beautiful struggle at the time because you know, I really lost my market because my market was the school. So once I left school, I didn't have that market anymore. So fast forward a couple of years later. Um, I, you know, I started getting, I worked at, I didn't go to college. I started a job working as a personal trainer. All right. And I fell in love with training. I fell in love with fitness. I fell in love with like health and wellness and, and this things. Um, and there was a time when I was working at a company called Bally Total Fitness, where I got fired from that job because they actually, they got bought out by 24 hour fitness and I got fired. So I'm like, oh shit, where do I take my clients? Right. So I took my clients from the gym and I brought them into a private gym. But because I was working at a private gym, I didn't have access to new clients, like new people coming yeah. in because it's a private gym, right? So what I did was I got a second job at a corporate gym called City Sports. And I'm like 22, 23 at the time, you know, a couple of years after high school. And I'm working at this corporate gym. Um, I'm, take, I'm working five in the morning till about 12 in the afternoon at, at, the, at, the, at the public gym, at the corporate gym. And then I have like a, an hour or two break. And then I start again at like three to 4 p.m. to like 9 p.m. at the private gym. And I did this every day, every day. There was this epiphany that I had um, that became the most pivotal moment in like my life. Like, honestly, I can say to this day, this was still the most pivotal, pivotal moment. So I'm, I have a client at like 10 a.m. that just cancels on me last minute at, the, at, at City Sports at the corporate gym. So I'm like, okay, I have one hour to like do whatever before my next client at 11. So at like 10 a.m., I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go in my car um, because, you know, there's nothing else to do, right? I'm not going to hang out in the gym. I'm not going to work out. I'm working out later. So I go in my car. Um, and one of the things that I do is I sit on my driver's seat and I pull out my phone and I look at my bank. I pull out my bank account. You know, it's so, it's so vivid to me in my, in my head. I pull out my bank account and I literally have 67 cents in my bank account. I turn on the ignition of my car and the, like the gas tank is on E. And in that moment, I was like, I asked this one question, it, which is, is this all there is to my life? You know, if, if this gym doesn't work out or if I get fired, do I have, do I just go to a different gym? Like, while I love training, I wasn't happy. You know, I was like, I'm going to, am I just going to keep coming here and, and, and training clients and collecting a paycheck every week and just doing the same thing over and over and over again? A part of me felt like I was that same kid, like alone in that quad that was like not like feeling unrecognized. And in that moment, I like started breaking down because I felt worthless, like really worthless. Like I felt like, you know, what I mean, what am I doing with my life? Like, I'm just, am I just going to keep doing this over and over again? And I actually started crying, you know what I mean? Gripping my steering wheel yeah. and being like, man, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like my job. I'm not happy. You know what I mean? I, I'm, it's just, I'm just not happy. But in that moment of like despair is where I found something. And in that moment, I gathered myself and I told myself, I'm going to do everything in my power to become successful. I don't know who I'm going to talk to, where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to start anything, but I'm going to do everything in my power to be successful. 
So that night after I got back home from training my clients, I went online and I just searched up like top three things successful or top things that successful people do. And I'm like super curious now. I'm like super pumped up. I'm like, man, I'm going to be successful. I, so I gathered some data and I found some top three things. Okay. The number one thing was they all meditate. And I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to meditate because I'm like caffeinated all the time. I'm, I, I'm a fitness person. So I'm always on pre-workout. There's no way in the hell I'm going to be able to do that. So I was like, all right, scrap that idea. So second thing was they all have a mentor. And I'm like, there's no way in hell anybody's going to mentor me. I'm like this 22 year old kid. I don't even know what I want. Right. So I'm like, all right, scrap that idea. And then the third thing that came about was they all read books. And I'm like, I'm not a huge book reader, but I can kind of get down with that. So same thing, looked online, top 10 success books, you know, all the, how to make money books. There was always that common one, you know, seven habits of highly effective people, you know, uh, the magic of thinking big, you know, all of these things, uh, the Tim, uh, Tony Robbins books. Uh, but there was one book in particular that just stood out to me, which is called Think and Grow Rich. And to this day, like that book has been the most transformative in my life because it basically made me feel like I wasn't crazy for wanting more in my life, right? So, so oftentimes our environment makes us feel like if we haven't, if we don't see success, it, we can't believe success. We, but we, we, we can see people going to college. There's nothing wrong with that. We see people going to college getting a degree so we can believe it's possible. But if you don't see examples of success, you'll never really believe it. But this, for the first time, this book really opened my eyes. So here I am, pumped up. All right. So the, the I, I rethink the rich. I feel like I have this whole new out like perspective on life, like the limit, the ceiling that I thought my life was supposed to be like working at a tra training job and, you know, making, you know, good money, like five, six K a month. Like as a 22 year old, that was actually pretty good, but it, like got shattered from this. And that's when I started like, like thinking, like, how can I go down? Like, well, how can I go down this path of success? Yeah. And I was like, what am I good at? I was good at selling t-shirts. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let me start selling t-shirts again. So what I did was I brought the brand back from high school. I rebranded it to just called, it's called, it was just called struggle or like at the time it was called struggle athletics, but it was really just struggle. And I, you know, we filled the launch video, we launched it. And within six months of launching the business, we did over a hundred thousand dollars in revenue just from pure guerrilla marketing, organic, no ads, no influencers, no nothing right? This was back in like 2015, right? And this, starting this clothing brand created a natural interest for me in just online business and e-commerce, right? So for the, for, so like after about eight months of 10 months about running the brand, I got interested in like, you know, I tried, you know, like, like drop shipping, print on demand and like affiliate marketing, all of these business models. And there was one particular business model that I found super skeptical called Amazon FBA. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put a little bit of money into it. I think I put like $1,500 for my first like three, 500 units. I can't remember. Um, and I started doing this, right? At the same time, running my brand, uh, at my running Struggle Athletics. Yeah. Business started doing really good. And one of the things that, that I like to do as an individual is that whenever I, good things happen in my life, I love to share it. And you know that Derek, you know, that's what I use my yeah, social media course, for. The right, everything, anything good, I love to share it. Cause that's just, I, I feel like a blessing is not truly a blessing unless it's shared. And that's just my opinion. All right. So I'm like experiencing like all of these, like, like this, uh, like progression and like, um, this momentum in this Amazon space. So I started sharing it on Facebook groups, sharing my progress on Facebook groups, but 
And like, whenever somebody would comment on the Facebook group, I would like answer their question about Amazon, like answer their question, answer their question. And what happened was these Facebook groups, the owners didn't like that because I was providing oh. so much value every day. People were like product research. I'm like, yeah, for sure, bro. DM me. I'll hit you. Like hit me up. And I was actually helping people. So these owners start banning me. I got a ban from like, right now I'm banned from like almost every single Amazon. <laughs> oh my God. But what happened was I created so much like rapport with individuals that they would DM me and they couldn't, the owners of the page couldn't stop me. These people started asking me like, Hey, Derek, can you like do, you know, consulting calls? I was like, yeah, for sure. You don't have to pay me. Let's get on a Skype call. And I kept my, I, I allowed my time to be spent that way. What happened was these people were like, Hey, Derek, can you like start a YouTube channel? And you know, uh, you should do that. And I'm like, ah, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to record myself on YouTube. Like I'm super like, like shy. And people were asking so much. I decided to just make the YouTube channels purely just to like copy the link of the, the video, like product research, talking to suppliers and just share it to them via Facebook uh, messenger. And I did that. There was a moment where I started having some viral videos within the first three, like first, like three months, you know, because a lot of people were talking about me in these Facebook groups. Um, I, I couldn't see it cause I was banned. Right. And then people were like, Hey, you should start a course. And I'm like, I don't know anything about courses besides like Ty Lopez and him starting for uh, having selling courses. Right. So I started to look into courses and that's when I met my first mentor. His name is Daniel DiPiazza and Daniel introduced me to this world of digital. All right. Like building an online platform for where people can go and like learn a particular skill trait and or model. So I was like, okay, cool. So I built a, a, a at the time it was called FBA heroes, still called FBA heroes, a digital company called FBA heroes. And in like December or excuse me, October of like 2016, I launched that, uh, that, that course on my YouTube channel. And in the first eight weeks of launching that course, I did a million dollars net profit. All right. Okay. Six months after launching, six months after that period of launching of, of when I hit one, a million, we hit over 8 million in net profit. All right. And this is when the whole, like, this is when my whole entire world changed. Okay. My entire world changed because I, I, it was, and it goes all the way back to that moment of like me being a kid, like in that and sitting in the quad in the library of not being seen and really embracing like being different and just being like, I'm just going to ride my own wave. I'm just going to blaze my own trail and leverage my creative spirit and like not give a, can we cuss on? Can we cuss yeah, on? Yeah, of course, dude, go ahead. <laughs> and not giving a shit what like anybody says and just in, in doing that. All right. And um, that's when things really started to change for me, man. Um, that's where I like learned about like this whole world of just not just like e-commerce, but like just online business. I learned about branding. I learned about marketing. I learned about, I learned about content creation in the form of like valuable content and every business and everything that I've done to this day is all like been predicated on this complete foundation of like value driven content and getting this doing like FBA heroes and growing it. We did it with no ads, no collaborations, no influencers, no like affiliates, just pure off of like value driven content um, and showing up every single day. Um, and that, that's when things really started to change, man. Um, that was back in 2017. Dude, the, the fact that you had all the success without pushing out any sort form of real marketing is, is incredible. Cause that, that means that the value you provided was legitimately changing lives out there. 
And I want to take a step back real quick and just kind of break down everything that you just went through, because a lot of people see you today in your success and think of you as someone who's always kind of known it all. Right. But yes, let's all go back a little bit and remember that at one point in time, Derek was sitting in his car with only a few cents to his name and the way he changed his trajectory in life was by evaluating what he needed to do and what he wanted and then taking it one step at a time. See, when he looked up the three things online, he didn't even go with the first two. He started with the last one, reading books and took it one step at a time, one step at a time until it compiled into what it is today, right? And being so young in the space, you know, starting in your in your high school days and then even after uh, leaving the gymming or coaching industry, you're still in your early 20s. How did you stay focused on your goals? And, and how did you start to set goals for yourself so that you, you could stay focused? Like what, what yeah, were you for shooting sure. for? Yeah. Oh my God, man. That's such a great question because like looking back um, and I'll, t- I'll tell this to anybody and I'll tell you guys and I'll tell you, bro, is that when I made that decision in my car to like change my life, like I like to do something, right. Anything. I don't, like I said, no, didn't know who to talk to where I was going to go. But there was one particular goal in mind that I had, right? And that was to own a Lamborghini, all right? So I had, this is a new vision board, but my old vision board had a a Lamborghini on it, a white one, all right? And every single day, that was like the, the shining star, the obsession. Because, and at the time I didn't know it, bro. Um, But looking back now, I understood why that was my goal is because same thing. Like a, a lot of the, 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 the trauma that we have as a kid, we don't realize that a lot of that, what we do in our lives as a career and as a business is just a, especially in entrepreneurship, because entrepreneurship really like brings that out of you where you don't realize, but the trauma of your, you growing up and that, that emptiness that you felt, whether it's like you, your family or whatever, or for me being alone in the quad, never being recognized. Um, I carry that on with me, like till so even to this day, and I'm not afraid to admit that I still deal with that, but I, I, I'm aware of it now, right? So sometimes like it, it comes out of us in like different forms, but a lot of it comes from like that trauma that we had in the past, or at least that, that, that need or that, that void that we felt as a kid. So when I had the goal of the Lamborghini, at the time, it didn't seem like it, it just seemed like I just want to have this car. But looking back now, the, the reason why I set that goal is because I recognize that when I was a kid, the kids that had like the SVs, the Jordans and the cool clothes, I'd never had those things. You know what I mean? Like I, I, my, my parents would buy me clothes. Yeah. But I didn't have this cool stuff. Like back then, like it was like LRG and like all of these clothes and zoomies and these, you know, $200, you know, like SVs that's like super expensive at the time. Now it's like $800 Yeezys. Right. But, (laughs) um, but I was, I, I always wanted to be like them. I wanted to, the, the girls or the, even just the guys, like you know, to, to like the, the way that other people looked at them, I wanted that feeling. So in my mind, the, the, the Lamborghini was like a symbol of like recognition, right? To me, it wasn't even like a symbol of accomplishment. It was like a symbol of recognition. Cause like, in, like, I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, I'm like, if I had that car, basically what I was saying is that everybody would notice me. Everybody would recognize me because people who have supercars, they have like people look at them like they're super cool, super successful. They start, you know, like, you know, do like, you know, acting different around them. And I wanted people yeah. to do that. And I crave that so badly. So there, that obsession of like getting the Lamborghini was the first goal that I had. 
and it's going to be different for everybody. And I'm not afraid to admit like that. It was my absolute obsession. Like I would go through anything to get that car, anything ethically. Okay. It wasn't like I was going to sell <laughs> drugs and do that stuff. Right. So I don't want to make it seem that way, but I was like, I, but every single day I was working on my computer. Um, I was living in my parents' garage, mind you, right? My, my dad built a, a room in the garage in my parents' house and I lived there. That's where I stocked the shelves for like struggle athletics. And that's where I like worked on my business every day. I would like, when I didn't want to work, I would look up at that vision board and look at the Lamborghini. All right. And I, and it became that shining star for me. So like whenever I'd want to nap and like lay down, I'd like remind myself of that Lamborghini. It was like Lamborghini, Lamborghini, Lamborghini. And it wasn't the car. It was like the recognition, like just chasing that void. I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. When I started making enough money to buy the car, it was a Christmas and I started doing well in business. It was Christmas morning, 2017. Okay. 2017, Christmas, December 25th. We just got back home from a family party. I'm sitting in the living room. It's like midnight. I'm sitting at the living room um, and my girlfriend's laying down. She's like passed out. I grab my laptop and I pull up the Lamborghini website um, and I look at the cust like I look at the website and there's like this new car called the Huracan Performante that just that's not even out yet but if you guys know if I don't know if you any of you guys but we'll go on a website like Lamborghini Ferrari you can like customize your own car so they allowed us to customize the Huracan Performante I'm like yo hell yeah let's do it so I get on this 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 uh this platform and I customize my car make it exactly the way I want it the specs and all that long story short um, the morning after I tell my girlfriend, Hey, like uh, Jessica, I was like, Hey, let's go in, let's go to the Lamborghini dealership in Los Gatos, which is the city that had Lamborghini and let's just go check out their cars. Okay. Um, I wanted to get like inspired. So we go to this dealership. All right. And holy shit, like there's a Lamborghini Huracan Performante parked right in the front and it's in white. I'm like, there's no way we park the car. I get out of the car. I like borderline run to this vehicle and I look at it and it's, I look at the wheels and the calipers as red. I look inside the car. The stitching is exactly the same color as everything that I just designed the night before. I'm like, there's no way. I walk into the dealership. I'm like, nobody's giving me the time of day. I'm like this 20, what, four year old kid that nobody, nobody like wants to talk to. Right. I'm like, Hey, can somebody help me? And they're like, yeah, what do you need? I was like, is that car for sale? They're like, Oh, it's actually not. It's just a demo car. And I'm like, okay. Um, when is it going to be available? They're like, well, Lamborghini doesn't want to sell it, uh, but you could put a deposit in if you're really interested. And if we plan to sell it, we'll let you know. And I was like, what are the chances? They're like, it's probably very low. It's just a demo. It's not even out yet. And I'm like, okay, no problem. So I put a $10,000 deposit on the car and I'm like, how long will you guys know until I can get it? And they're like, about like four months. And I'm like, cool, four months, work on my business, get into the best shape of my life. And if there's a, the thing about me, bro, is that like, if there's a small chance, I'm, I hold on to the chance for dear life. All right. So if there, if somebody was like, if somebody was sitting in a, a room full, full of like a million people and the person on stage says that out of a million people, only one person in this room is going to become successful. And I'm like, oh shit, that's me. Yeah. Right. That's how I think. So this yeah. small chance, I'm like, okay, cool. A month later, literally not even a month later, two weeks later, the dealership calls me and says, Hey, Derek, Lamborghini wants to move the car from Los Gatos to San Francisco, but we told them that we might have a potential buyer. Are you still interested? I'm like, uh, hell yeah, I'm interested. Let's do it. Um, and, and I'm like, okay, cool. When do you guys need an answer by? They're like, we need an answer by today because we're moving the car tonight. I'm like, oh crap, I'm not ready. And so what I did was I go to their dealership and I'm like, I put $100,000 down on the car. 
and try to finance it. And they're like, uh, they, they didn't approve me. I put $200,000 down on the car and they didn't approve me. Um, I'm, I'm being transparent with these numbers here, but like, I'm not trying to be brag, like to brag, but this is just yeah, how it actually all, happened financially. Um, and so I'm like, $200,000, they wouldn't take the car. I mean, take the, take the deal. So I was like, it's like seven o'clock at night before, and the dealership's closing. And I tell the finance manager, I'm like, wait, don't leave the dealership. I'll be right back. I go to the bank and I pull out a certified cashier's check for $352,000. I go back to the, the dealership and I take the car home. Dream come true. Now, it's, it sounds great, right? Like I got my dream car. For the first couple of weeks, I was like, yes, people are going to notice me. The, 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 you know, I'm going to go to like car shows and like I'm this 24 year old kid, all of these things. Um, but I soon found out like later on in my life, uh, even like, you know, even recently in the last couple of years that like success to me was like money, materialistic stuff, cars and like home. Uh, but I recognize now my definition of success has completely changed. Right. Like, do I still want the cars? Yeah, absolutely. I have a 765 LT, a Rolls Royce. Like I still want those things, but I'm not, I'm not like naive to think that that's like the end goal for me anymore. It's just part of it. Right. Uh, success to me now is the ability to be exactly who you are and other people accept you for it. And for a long time, the success that I was chasing was like looking like a certain somebody and wanting to uphold this identity and hopefully people accept it. But the truth is deep down inside, I never truly accepted myself. Um, and that's something that I've worked on um, a lot, even in the last couple of years. I know I kind of went long-winded on that, but that was, goal was the Lambo, you know, that it was the Lambo, like in, you know, uh, for, for some people it's like, you know, they want to like, if they have kids, they want to give their kids the best life. You know, I, I think, I think it's very important that when we set a goal for ourselves, we have to make sure it means something so much to us, so much at, at that given time, right? Because, and you have to be reminded of it every single day. That's why I'm a huge advocate for like vision boards, you know, putting it on your background, your wallpaper on your phone and, and being reminded of yourself every single day. Um, because there's gonna, you know, Ed Milet, a good friend of mine always said, uh, or talked about that there's gonna be some days where you're gonna look out the window and it's very clear right? Like, you know what to do, you know what to execute on you, your vision's clear, your what you want to do is clear in your life. But uh, there's going to be some days that it's, it's going to be foggy. And, and those are the you're gonna have more days in your life that are like, hard, and, and, and have and, and painful, then you are going to have like good days. And, and what are you going to do on those good days? Like you can't slow down, right? There, there's going to be some there's going to be a, something that needs to that you can hold on to, to keep yourself going. It can literally just be like, I don't want to be in this position anymore. Like there's a quote by, I'm not sure who it's from and I don't want to like say the wrong name, but it's like that which you do not hate, you will eventually tolerate. You almost have to like hate like where you are and just be like, you know, there's always, there's like, sometimes it's like, aren't you sick and tired of being so sick and tired? Like sometimes you just got to be like so frustrated with who you, like you have to be able to like look in the mirror and say, I fucked up. I'm not living the life that I want. I'm lying to myself and almost it's, you're going to have a anger, right? But that anger might be the very thing that's going, you're going to need to go online and see what successful people do. That, that sadness, that, 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 that angst, that, that that's disappointed in, in yourself that I'm not where I want to be. I call it the gap, 
there's where we are now and where we know that we uh, we can be and that gap of that of our potential is what drives entrepreneurs but it should also be the thing the catalyst that drives you to do something right you don't have to believe you can make 10 million or 1 million dollars off the bat but you need to but to have that little drive to be like if I just do something, like pick up this book, Think and Grow Rich. I didn't think that I was going to buy a Lambo when I picked up that book. All I knew is that I didn't like where I was. And sometimes it could be simple as that. Because like, sometimes it's people are like, yeah, you know, like do it for your family, you know, do it to prove it to yourself, do it for, but like deep down inside, we ache because we're not happy with where we are. You know what I mean? And, and, and sometimes like, we just have to admit it. Like, I don't like where I'm at. Like, I hate where I'm at. I'm disappointed. I'm, I should be here. And it should be like, it shouldn't be like I'm overly criticizing myself or like be beating myself down, but it's like, like sometimes we need that to really like change, right? To really do something. I think it's really important. And I think a follow-up question that I have is how do you find that fine line, that balance sort of in between where you're not beating yourself so hard, so much that you're unable to actually do anything with your goals or you're, you're too lenient on your versus you're too lenient on yourself where you're kind of not moving as fast. You're not, you don't have urgency and just kind of sitting around and waiting for things to happen. Okay. So this is something that even to this day that I've really worked on because there was a time in my life where I was very passive, where I just didn't give any shits about like doing anything. And then there was like the part where I was like too extreme, where I, all my life was just business, 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 business. And I like literally like like literally sacrificed everything, you know what I mean? Sacrificed everything, like my, like my family, like spending time with, like, like it, it was, it got to a point where I was like, if it's not anything related to business, like I, I don't want anything to do with you, even to my family, okay? That's my, that was my identity at the time. Uh, one of my, I'm going to tell you a quote and then I'm going to explain to you like how I unravel this and why it's so deep to me. It's a spiritual quote. And the quote goes like this, the idea is to be in a constant state of departure while always arriving, okay? And it's a very interesting quote when you say it because it's like how, when you think about departing and arriving, you think about a plan, how does it depart and arrive at the same time? I feel like, and Ed Milet has a good saying of this, of like blissful dissatisfaction. It's the same thing. It's like, it's the ability to like be grateful for where you are and the things that are happening in your life, but still be in pursuit of the person that you know that you can be all right because it's funny because like just like the other day i'm like you know i'm, I'm built i'm in the early stages of a startup okay and i'm not where i want to be yet right like i have so many big goals i have big dreams but then i took a step back and i'm like wait it was only a couple of years ago i was living in my parents' garage making like barely any money waking up at four in the morning driving over and like not being happy like perspective so when you say balance, it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really believe in the word balance um, because a balance, uh, like kind of to me, like, like is a, says that you need to be in like two places at one time. And I don't think that, uh, or, or balance, like to be like, to have two things at the same time. And I don't think that's, for me, that's not how I look at life. Um, I believe that there's, there's one, there's one, there's parts of your life that are going to demand, demand all of your attention. And then you're going to need a transition and you need to have enough self-awareness to be able to transition before what I used to do was that as I, when I was like, I'm an entrepreneur now, I used to think that I needed to be an entrepreneur in every area of my life. Right. And I used to take that identity with me because I didn't under, I didn't have enough self-awareness of the time. So if you're someone out there right now that has like goals and ambitions and you're just like business, 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 what's you're going to end up finding out 
is that unless you want to be like Elon Musk that like literally sacrifice having a family, having a wife and literally sacrifice everything for what he's trying to do. And, and you're just, a, but you're just a person that values family, values these things. Then listen to what I'm going to say here. This idea of like just being an entrepreneur, if I'm hanging out with you, Derek, all right, yeah. I'm your friend. I'm not, and I'm not going to come at you like I do in my business. You know, what I used to do was like when it was with, when I was with my family, like with my mom, I used to like have this tough skin that she couldn't even get through to me anymore. Like I wasn't even her son anymore because I, I was always just like, no, like, you know, it was like, like more like strategic and more like business. And I was like, this is who I am and I'm an entrepreneur. And I did that with my girlfriend, Jessica too. So when we talk about like balance um, or, or this idea of like, how do I like strike this point is like, is under, is having this awareness of like, you're not just an entrepreneur, right? Or a business person or a creative you're a son, or if you're a girl, you're just, you're, you know, you're a sister, you're a brother, you're, you're, you know, you're a daughter, you know what I mean? You're a friend. And, and all of these points of your life is going to demand a different version of yourself whenever you meet this. Like, I'm not going to take the way that I look at do business with when I'm with my girlfriend, Jessica, because that's not fair to her. And I've, and I've done that. I've done that to her in the past and it's not fair to her. Right. So it's, it's just having this awareness of like, what, like, what are the things that I value in my life? And then finding a way to really embody like this, this part of you when you're doing business, right? When you're in business, it's a freak, it's chaos. It's freak. It's a battleground, right? You're, there's so many things that you need to have thick skin for, or you're going to get absolutely obliterated. All right. But when it's time to be with your partner or with a friend, you got to be like more empathetic, right? In, in these things, right? And and it's hard to say, but this is something that uh, like I'm not an expert in, right? I have my own faults. I still try to get better at it in this day, to this day. I do carry some of my problems in other areas of my life into business because the truth is that people don't really ever have business problems. They have personal problems that reflect into their business. And just being able to like have this, for me, a morning routine is everything to me. If I didn't have my morning routine, I would be literally like, like left to my own devices, I could literally just be playing League of Legends and like just, <laughs> and you know that Derek, I have yeah. <laughs> League of Legends all day, no problem. I like, I could punt everything in business, but I have like systems and routines and rules in my day to make sure that I'm like staying on the track, right? Focus is about being neutral. And I learned this from a friend called, from a friend of mine, friend of mine, his name's Chase Hero. He says, always said that focus is about being neutral. And it means that whatever people, negative people say, things people say about you, you're still like, you don't care, you're still focused. But on the opposite end, which really screws a lot of people up because negative people actually motivate me to keep going, right? Like, I like that. When there's people that aren't hating on me, I'm actually worried, right? But on the opposite end, there's people that praise you, that recognize you. And that was the killer for me. And that might be the killer for some of you guys, right? When people praise me and recognize me, I'm almost like, my job's already done because of that void that I had as a kid. I, I already fulfilled my mission. Like if you're like back then, if you're like, Hey, like Derek, you're dude, you inspire me. You do all these great things. And like, I appreciate that. And then I'm like, dude, I don't need to do anything today. Like I already won. I'm right. <laughs> and that would, and that slowed me down. So focus this idea of being focused. The focus is about being neutral is about like what negative things people say about you. Don't give a shit. Keep riding your own wave, but equally the good things that people say about you, Yes, be grateful, be, you know, have, you know, thank you. I appreciate that, but I equally don't care. I'm Absolutely. neutral. Yeah. It's these guardrails. And it, this is the things that I do in my life now. Before I was chaotic, I was like, 
cool. Like, like these negative people, they motivate me. I'm going to go harder. And then you enter into this like lull state, right? Because excitement is just another way of saying happy anxiety. And once ha when the happiness anxiety like comes down, like you just feel like, eh, right? But on this opposite end, when you people praise you and say these good things about you, you also get this high, right? So being able to control that, which takes a lot, a lot, but it's like being like neutral, which is like, thank you. I appreciate that. But I'm, I got it. Like I got my goals and my focus, my purpose that I'm trying to achieve. Um, and and that, that, take, that takes a lot. Right. Um, and, and when you think about like the question you asked me about like balance and how do I like really strike that, that was, that's probably like one of the concepts that's really kept me on track and really like, I don't give a shit. And that's why I go back to that success for me is about just being exactly who I am and people accept me for who I am. Like, I'm not afraid to say fuck not afraid to say that I made mistakes. Like if people are like, yo, Derek, like you failed. I'm like, yeah, I did. Yeah, quite <laughs> you know a lot of times. Like, right. I'm not gonna, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm not going to say that I didn't. Right. Cause that would be against my values of like being trans, like who I am. That's how I want to be in this world. Um, so, so that's how I look at it. I love the visual of the, the guard lines or the guard yeah. rails, guard rails, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's like a bowling alley, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah. I think it's so important because I was, when you brought up league, I think something that we have as entrepreneurs is obsessiveness for excellence in whatever our craft is. And yeah, that also applies to when games come in, like come into oh, play. Oh my God. And oh, I think absolutely when you brought up the focus part of focus aspect of it, I think it's so important to keep that in mind because if, if you give me the time of the day and like, there's nothing on my schedule and you just give me a game to play i'm gonna go and breach like the leaderboards or top of the ranks 100%. that's all i'm gonna go for yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah. definitely yeah oh my god that's so true that is yeah. actually so true and um yeah it's that it's like that it's it is that obsessive thing right like it's um but what if you can get obsessed about your life you know what i mean like what if you can get obsessed about like your purpose Right. And, and, and I want to be careful about the word purpose because I think our purpose changes, right? Like my purpose now is going to be completely different when I, than when I have kids. Right. Yeah. My purpose before was like the Lamborghini. Like that is the furthest thing from my purpose now. So it changes, right. It, it, it you graduate uh, to new levels. Um, but, but yeah, I think the, uh, like the going back to what we talked about earlier, like understanding, like what's the most important thing to you now and like moving towards it. Oh my God. Like, like playing, like when I, when I was playing league, like I, I just wanted to get to like diamond, right? Like if anybody yeah. plays league, like that was like, that was a ranking that was like very high and um, I would do anything. Um, but that's, yeah, just that's side note. I, I know, I know Derek hired a few coaches, bro, hard. this man literally stayed on league for like the entirety of a day. I, I would just be in a client and I would just see him in game, in game, in game. And the man climbed all the way to, you climbed a diamond, right? Yeah, I, I got to diamond four and I climbed to diamond four and then I literally just like quit after that. Like I hit the goal, right? It was the, it was the equivalent <laughs> of me getting the Lambo and then like just stopping. I think that's so funny because like you hit the goal and you're like, I, I'm done. I achieved it. We're good. Like I exactly. showed myself that I can right. do it. <laughs> right. But what if like, this is what I'm saying. What if the achievement is like in the pursuit? Um, it was never a, like, that's why I said, this goes back to this full circle of like this. I, the idea is to be in a constant state of departure while always arriving. So you're always like working towards the pursuit, but your the arrival is like this gratitude and being grounded, right? It's like this, this, like this art between these, these two. And 
I think that you may be, people are in a position now where they're like, I just want to quit my job. I just want to do this. And that's great, right? Event, I think that, I think it's important that if you are trying to like make money, that you go and make the money so that you can give yourself an opportunity to dream even bigger, to have a bigger purpose. Because some people are like, yeah, like they're, they're not happy with their job. They're like, I want to like change the world. I'm like, dude, why don't you just go like make some money? Like, I know money is like, some sort of like taboo and emotional top or like emotional topic. Like, at least for me, I know it was growing up because money was always associated with like this and like, like, like scarcity. We didn't have enough of it. My parents were always fighting about it. So naturally growing up, I always was like scared of money, right? Selling was, I was scared of selling. Cause I'm like, if I sell, it's like, you know, it's unethical. It's like a bad thing. But what I soon found out was like, you know, at least in the Western civilization, like money, like it, the world is about money here. You know what I mean? Like money is, I want to be careful. I'm not saying money is everything, but like money gives you the opportunity and choices to do what you want. Money is control, right? Money, I wouldn't say is, is freedom. It's financial freedom, right? You, money can solve money problems. And after that, you're left with problems that money can't solve, but it's important, right? Some, it's, it's hard for you to, to have a bigger purpose or to dream and to like do the things you want uh, without understanding how to make money, right? And and, and, and that's just the way that I look at it. Yeah, I think it all goes back to taking it at one step at a time, you know, realizing what your situation is now and then taking it one step, asking questions for yourself to answer and then start answering them one at a time. And something that I actually w- wanted to ask you, because we talked about your transition from struggle into FBA heroes into million dollars in six months into $8 million right after that. Um, and there wasn't too much, it, it seems almost it's almost seems as though that success came really fast and without much resistance you know so I wanted to ask what has been your greatest struggle throughout the last since since you started become since you started your journey in entrepreneurship okay good that's a freaking phenomenal question bro um it I'm whenever I tell this story it always seems like oh my god you made money like super quickly all right I am not afraid to admit that when I started FBA Heroes in my YouTube channel, the timing was godly, right? Like I, I, I struck in it and the timing, like in a little bit of luck, um, of course, like the, the skills and me showing up every day was absolutely like the, the fundamental like principle to be applied here. But the, the market was just so ready to welcome me because at the time Amazon FBA and like, courses wasn't really or like having a youtuber wasn't really that big there was only like two or three youtubers and a lot and at the time i mean i'm not going to name their names but a lot like a lot of these youtubers were tubers at the time were really like not giving out a lot like all of the information they would like give out like 80 percent, and then like 20 percent of it you need to like buy my stuff to get access to it i just gave everything and i was completely open and transparent and telling people everything showing my numbers everything Right. So the market allowed me to make that trajectory very quickly. But the thing that you have to like, the thing here is that making like the business growing that quickly came with a lot of issues. Right. Because we're accepting like hundreds of hundreds of people every single month. And I did not have the skills at the time to really to handle the operations and the customer support. There was a time where I had literally like, uh, like not even lying, like 500 emails that I needed to answer. And I had no idea how I was going to answer them. So I asked my friend for like Adderall and she gave me Adderall and I t- 
I swear I sat on my computer at like 10 o'clock. My girlfriend told me have Ritz crackers and like two bottles of water there. I took it. Right. And I'm like, all right, cool. Bam. I'm going to handle all these emails. Right. That's how much we were growing. And I had no employees, just me managing all the customer support and all these new students. So I'm like here trying to answer all of these emails. And then I'm like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. Right. And I'm like, man, I don't feel anything, bro. I look at the, like, I, after I don't feel anything, like a handful of those, I look at the clock. It's damn near midnight. That's like, 14 hours have passed and my armpits are super sweaty because I just got to my last, I just finished the last email. I'm like, last email. I was like, damn, I still don't feel anything. What time is it? Oh my God, it's 12 o'clock, right? So it did have a lot of its, I had to hire out of not necessity, but out of desperateness. So I hired uh, my director of operations, Natalie. She helped me build out the, the customer support system, manage a, boat, boat, a butt load of the work. Um, and then we hired David and then we hired my brother, all right? My older brother. And we worked within this. When you think about like the biggest struggle um, that I've ever faced as an entrepreneur, I'll share it with you. So when I started, when FBA Heroes started to do very well, I was able to take my foot off of it a little bit because I had a team of people that was able to keep it going. And my YouTube content constantly was bringing in new customers um, and my team was managing all the support. So I opened, so I had this idea to start a new company with the money that I made called Struggle HQ. Okay. I'm not going to make this long, but the, the idea of Struggle HQ was a hybrid co-working space. It would be a 13,000 square foot facility in, in, the, in the eastern part of the Bay Area um, in a city called Union City. And I, would have, I built this place as a, like a 8,000 square feet of office space and old, like cafe and offices. And you know people were creatives, entrepreneurs, and influencers could come in, like work out of and, and network and meet people and collaborate. And then there was a 5,000 square foot gym. So it would locker rooms, you know, freaking like showers. So people could work out and like work at the same time. It was like, it was like a Disneyland for entrepreneurs. So um, midway through this project, we, uh, I found out that the project was actually going, we put, we budgeted and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid to share these numbers. We budgeted initially for the project $400,000 and that was fine. So we agreed to that with the architecture. Midway through the product, I, I project, I found out that the construction manager at the time was actually lying to me. Um, and the, we actually were going, the, the project was going to cost us upwards of $1.2 million. And I'm like, okay, I didn't think, okay, I'm going to shut down the business now. I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. So I dump all my money to try to keep the project going. There was a time, and even Derek was there. He cleaned some of the windows uh, when I did. we had a pre-launch event. <laughs> yeah, we had a pre-launch event. And in this event, like literally, I think about uh, 200 people showed up to this event uh, from all over the United States. Uh, and the project was only midway through, but I wanted to give people an, an idea of what I was bringing to the Bay Area. And as crazy as it may sound, everybody that was there was so pumped up for this place to open, but I was the only person there, not even my girlfriend, not even my, my, my friends, nobody knew that I was the only person there that didn't even feel like this project was going to be finished, but I was still optimistic. So two months after that pre-launch event, still stuck midway through this project, I tried meeting with banks. I met with investors. I met with, like, I called all of my friends and asked them if they can like loan me money for this business. And they all denied me, right? Because I'm coming from a very, like, if I'm like, hey, Derek, let's just say you had a half a million dollars in your bank account. And I'm like, yo, Derek, can let me borrow $500,000. And you're like, okay, cool, bro. What is it for? Is it for marketing? Is it for like hiring, scaling? Are you building another location? Like, what's it for? And I'm like, it's for construction. And they're like, 
So you want me to give you half a million dollars for construction? There's no revenue. There's no, it's, the risk is so heavy, right? So all of them denied me. So what ended up happening is um, in the end, it, it was the hardest decision I ever made in my life. It took like, maybe it took me about three months uh, after I even made this decision in my head because I was so scared to go publicly with it because I knew that this announcement would absolutely destroy this identity that I had, this Derek struggle entrepreneur identity, this YouTuber, like all like the success identity that I built up for years. But I had no choice. So I basically announced that this cup that I, you know, I, I, I put all my money into it. I got rid of my Lamborghini, the house, the Tesla, everything that I had, I, I sold and got rid of to basically try to keep this project afloat, but it just wasn't enough. And I, I basically didn't have the resources to do it. So I closed the business down. And I went through a whole year of depression recently, even, uh, well, not recently, but it was in 2020. I guess that's recent, right? Like almost two years ago, I went through super deep depression. I basically, that was the year where I went from silver in League of Legends to diamond because all I wanted to do was play video games and hide from my problems. (laughs) All right. This right here was the hardest thing for me to go through as an entrepreneur. Being broke in my car and coming from nothing was hard, but having everything and losing everything, like I started like from the ground level at the beginning in that, in, when I had that car. When I started with, at this point, I was like below, like the, like I was like, I dug like, I was even deeper shit, like 13 lawsuits, $1.2 million that I owed to contractors, like debt, like just craziness, attorneys, every, people knocking on my door, asking me for money, all my money's gone. My cars are gone. I'm, I'm my house is going to be gone. Um, I, I, I lose the, the worst part is I lose all my confidence. This identity of this Derek struggle success identity that I built up of like, since I was a kid of like wanting to achieve this, 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 this identity was completely shattered. And then I went through enormous depression at that point. And at that point, I never thought I was going to recover. Like I almost thought like there was no way that I can recover. I lost all my money. Like I had to fire all of my employees from FBA Heroes because I took my foot off the gas with that business. Because I was like slowly transitioning out of e-commerce that I spent years on to go into this business because like this was going to be the thing I was going to be focused on for the next five to 10 years, right? And all of that went to shit. I had no more confidence. I started sleeping in, started playing video games all day, stopped going on social media, stopped writing, stopped doing everything that I did. And it wasn't until December 31st of 2020, after a year had passed since I announced Struggle HQ was forfeited. It was a new, it was a new year's party at my parents' house. And one of my best friends, uh, which is just happens to be my girlfriend, Jessica's brother, we're at, it's like 1156 uh, PM and four minutes before countdown. And his, my, his, her brother comes up to me and says like, Hey dude, this is your year. A part of me was like, it's not. Like I just, I was that bad hard on myself. And he's like, dude, the world is like waiting for you to like come back. And I got really emotional and I stepped away from the living room. All my family's getting ready about to throw this freaking uh, Asians. They throw money everywhere. And just like people get hit on the head and like, dude, I don't know how that, how is that even safe for like the kids, dude? But so I go aside in the living room and this is actually on my Instagram posts. The one, my most recent one where I, I, I basically just type like this year, is going to be a year full of abundance, joy, prosperity, and happiness in the pursuit 
of like my personal excellence. And at the time I had no reason to believe that because I had, I was basically, I had starting from not just zero, but like down here. And I was like, I wrote that. And the next morning, January 1st is when the same mindset that I had when I was in the car was the same mindset. Again, I don't know what I'm going to do to get myself back up, who I'm going to talk to, where I'm going to go, but I'm going to do everything in my power to come back. Right. And I found that, you know, uh, the Peloton and the Peloton became the, the year of 2021 became the year of discipline. Right. And this is the year that I found that that discipline is freedom, right? That if you can control your emotions and that if you can embrace all the shit in your past, no matter how shitty it is, you know what I mean? Losing money, losing friends, like heartbreak, it just embrace that as like, this is who I am. And I slowly started to build up my confidence through discipline. And it started off as like a quick 10 minute ride on the Peloton. Now it's, now I'm on like a 74 week streak on the Peloton right? And I've never stopped, all right? And it's because I've realized that in going into this year that I was going to come back like in almost like a phoenix rising up from the ashes, kind of like in Harry Potter where like the phoenix, I'm not sure his name, but like right, like dies. Yeah. That was me. I died. <laughs> like, my identity died. And then I and I rose up from, again from the ashes. And I'm, look, I'm still working on it to this day, but last year I made more money than I ever have before. I invested more money, okay? Before I was always just spending money, like just freaking... I don't even, I still to this day don't even have a car since I got rid of my Tesla, right? It's, it, it's not because I don't want to, just because like, I, I just, I, I'm just so focused now on like this next stage of my life. And I've realized that, you know, I don't want to go back. You know what I mean? I don't want to go back, right? To like the, all of the mistakes that I made. So when you talk about like the hardest thing that I've ever had to deal with, it was that, man. I was riding the high on life. I was traveling. I, I made all this money. I, I was... I can buy anything I want. I, I can like, I was making so much money. Right. And I was, you know, I was able to, I met some of the best people in the world, Andy Frisella, Dan Fleischman, Randall Pitch, just doing amazing things. And, and I had all of that taken away from me from my, like, because of my confidence was taken away from me. And that was hard, man. Like I would not wish that upon anybody. Like it was a very, very difficult thing uh, for me to overcome. Um, but it taught me so much about myself and I'm stronger because of it. And I'm wiser because of it. Dude, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, that really hits hard. I didn't, to be honest, like I knew things were rough, but I didn't know things were that rough. Like that, that the reality of the situation that you were actually in. And so I just wanted to say again, like, thank you so much for sharing that and yeah, being so vulnerable um, on the show. And it's just, it's crazy to me because I can't even fathom that amount of money let alone losing it and going through all of that um for for someone who might be going through some struggle in their life right now what message what tips what techniques do you have to share with them for to help them out of their situation whatever it might be dude oh my god um man this is a this one's a really emotional one for me because like when you're going through a really tough time, you almost don't see any hope of you coming out of it, right? Um, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel and you almost start to resent other people because you feel so helpless. You start to cultivate like a victim mindset where it's like, 
it's because of my boss that I'm not able to do this. And I know that sounds crazy, but like, yeah, like when you're going through a really tough time, you start to point the fingers because it's so hard for you to look in the mirror and say that like, I'm doing this to myself, right? Um, and that's normal. The biggest advice uh, that I can give to anybody, and look, I'm not like a clinical psychologist by any means, right? But um, it's just putting one foot in front of the other, all right? Um, and that's how I was able to push through it. Like find something that you can dedicate yourself to every day, no matter how small, and just do that. Because when you're at a deep, like a, a really hard place, um, one of the things is that your confidence is just, and self-esteem is incredibly low. So I really believe in like doing, make like really small steps to rebuild your confidence. Waking up at the same, I'm not saying you gotta go run a marathon every weekend or like do something crazy. I'm like, I'm saying like, wake up in the morning and like, just do your bed. You know what I mean? Wake up at the same time every day, just do your bed. Just start so small, all right? Um, write one thing down you're grateful for every day. Like do something with the, in, like, like, the, with the intention of like having it done and staying disciplined to that every day, right? Like for me, it was the Peloton, okay? It's like, even though I didn't want to do it, I did it because I wanted to, I, I was looking, I was looking to rebuild my confidence because I realized that it, it's not that we are incapable because, because the truth is we are more than capable, right? Like the, the, pos the opportunity is out there. The possibility is out there. People who are successful are very like they're not they're very unimpressive, right? They're all they're all normal people, right? But they're ultra confident. And sometimes when you're in a because here's the thing, bro. And I'll and I'll say this is that we grow up in a society where we are are being like pushed down to like like not be like good enough, strong enough, pretty enough, beautiful enough like healthy enough, all of these things intentionally by society. So that when we want to now like come out of this place of like, I want to be better. I'm not just talking about make money. I'm talking about, I want to be better for my family. I want to be better, have a better career, a better job. Like it's not just about money, right? Like I want to be in better health. Like that we instantly have this voice in our head that tells us, no, like that's not for you. And then you have everybody else around you in your environment telling you like, no, like just, you know, it's, it's a Saturday, go eat. Like, and you're trying to eat healthy like everybody's pushing you down, it, it, of course your confidence is going to be low. But I think that it's, it's important to like, just, just to have this, like to, to build uh, like your confidence by developing like a small discipline every day and sticking to it. Like if you have a plant, like maybe like water, like, you know, every morning that I wake up, I'm going to water it every day. You know what I mean? Tell yourself you're going to do something and then do it. Because once you tell yourself you're going to do something, even if you don't want to do it and you do it, that starts to build confidence, right? And eventually that little, that little seed starts to, like, to grow into like other areas of your life. Like, oh crap, I didn't want to go to the gym today, but I still push myself to go to the gym. Now it's like, what else, what, what, now it makes everything else become easier. It's like, if I could do this, then I can do that. So first of all, the thing I would tell you is when, if you're going through a really tough time, you're going to be okay what just one step in front of the other i know it sounds difficult and it sounds like so simple but you just got to take it a day at a time and then uh, from a tactical standpoint just do something every single day uh, that you can commit to um i'm a big fan of like doing something like I'll, I'll tell you what my morning routine is and maybe this will help somebody but uh, every morning i do four things okay uh, i do something um emotionally spiritually 
uh, mentally and physically. This is how I get into a peak state. Okay, this is a routine that I do every morning. I wake up at the same time every day around like 6.30 to 7 o'clock every morning. And I start this routine. I don't look at my phone. I don't do any emails. I, I do nothing, right? I just do this routine. The first thing I do is I, I do something spiritual, which is I pray. Okay, I thank God for another day. Um, you know, I, you know, I tell him to give me the strength and the wisdom uh, to, to, you know, to be who I, you know, who it is that I'm meant to be and to be an instrument for other people and to be of service, all of these things. Everybody has their own thing. If you're, a, I'm a God-fearing man, I believe in God. If that's not your thing, maybe you can do something a little different. Uh, the second thing that I do is I do something um, emotional. So to me, emotional is visualization. All right. I like, to, I, I like to, when I have a vision for, or a goal in my life, I don't like to just be like, oh, I'm going to buy that home. I ask myself, what is it going to feel like when I have it? And what is it going to feel like when it's happening already? So like when I visualize, I mean, my girlfriend, Jessica, dream of having a beautiful modern farmhouse in like uh, Palo Alto Hills uh, in Atherton and like this Woodside, this very, very expensive part of the Bay Area. And I don't just visualize, oh, the modern farmhouse and the freaking wood. I'm like, no, like that's, I, 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 whenever I'm like visualizing, I'm like thinking about like my mom's sitting there, my dad's sitting there. Um, my brother is cooking barbecue and he's with my cousin. My Jessica's brother is like swimming in the pool. I'm over here and I'm just looking out and I'm like, man, this is so beautiful. And I like feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Right. And that's something I do emotionally. I bring the feelings of the future into the present. Most oftentimes than not, people spend so much time bringing the feelings of their past into the, into the present. And the funny thing is the past or the future don't really even exist. It's just all in our own head. But we spend so much time in the past because they're emotions we've already experienced. But if, we've, if, we, if we experience an, a memory in our head about the past, why can't we experience emotions of a feeling in the future? Really trippy, right? And that's what I choose to do, right? So I put myself to feel these things and act as if I'm feeling it now. What are the emotions that I'm feeling? I can't, and I bring that into my present day. So, right. So the spiritual thing, I pray. Emotional thing, I, um, I uh, do my visualization. The mental thing I do is I do uh, my personal development. So I read for about like, you know, to anyone, anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes. It really just depends on how hooked I am on the book. And then the last thing I do is physical, which is I get on the Peloton and then I work out. After these four things are done, I complete my morning routine. I'm basically ready to like tackle on the day. I get, I get, I do all the most important things and I prime my, uh, I think Tony Robbins calls it priming, uh, getting into a peak state. I do this every morning. So I'm not saying you have to do this uh, or anybody has to do this. This is just the way that I do it. Everybody has a different routine. But if you wake up every morning, the natural instinct for human beings is to wake up with anxiety overthinking, thinking about what they haven't done, what they have to do and all these things. And, and trust me, I do those same things too every morning, but I give myself a little bit of space and, 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 and a non-judgment and being like, I know I feel this way right now, brushing my teeth, feeling like, you know, like I'm overwhelmed and thinking about all the bad shit that's going to happen. But I'm like, let me go through my morning routine. Then I'll see how I feel. And I think that when you have a discipline, it's just like, I feel really crappy before going to the gym, but let me work out and see how I feel after. Right. And it's like almost like holding on to this faith of like, let, okay, I'm beating myself up right now, but let me, let me do this. Let me do the stretch that I told myself I was going to do, even though I don't want to do it. I'm going to do it. I'll be like, wow, I feel really good. And it's just one step towards like having more confidence. Right. Um, Absolutely. I Dude, I think that's such powerful advice. And I think it's so powerful because a lot of people usually will assume that to get out of a slump, to get over a struggle, to get over something bad that has happened, 
or even to create success, it takes all of this and their imagination goes wild. All of this needs to happen for me to jump over this hurdle. But in actuality, it is one foot in front of the other one step at a time. Um, And I can attest to your morning routine. I do something a little bit similar. Most days I'm not, I'm not super consistent with my morning routine. Um, But on the days that I do do it, I can attest to how it makes me feel. Uh, When I don't touch my phone, when I do exercise, when I read, when I get water in the morning before I touch my phone, it is another level of energy that I can bring to my day. Um, And, but it also comes with good sleep. I may add that in there. It it comes with (laughs) good sleep. You have to sleep well. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I agree with that. But I think that was such a great message to to end on. Um, But before we actually end, I wanted to ask you, where can people find you? What are you working on now? What is Super Vibe? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you can find me on Derek Struggle on like all platforms, Instagram. I don't do Twitter. I don't do TikTok. Instagram is like the main thing that I do. Um, I'm looking to start my YouTube channel back up this year. Um, I, I, I loved YouTube before, but I stopped doing it. Um, uh, but I'm going to be back on YouTube. So you can find me at Derek Struggle. It's a bunch of like, just like, not even just like content about e-commerce and Amazon, but I talk a lot about like personal development. It's just like, you know, just random stuff that I want to talk about. Um, Instagram, I treat Instagram like a diary. Uh, if you go on Instagram, you follow my, I write every single morning. That's one of the things I do in my morning routine too, is that I do something in the place of service. And, and I use my giftedness, which I believe is the ability to articulate what I'm feeling and in the, in, in like, not just in the written word, but the ability to articulate how I'm feeling through speaking it. I think that's one of the gifts that I feel like I was born with. I like to believe so. It's obviously it's something I've worked on, but I treat Instagram like a diary and I write every single morning. They are my own thoughts. They're my own words. Um, and if that's something you want, you like, uh, hearing positive stuff in the morning uh, and real stuff, right? I don't bullshit then, you know, follow me there. So super vibe. All right, cool. So, um, super vibe, um, is a caffeinated energy bar company. We don't like to consider ourselves an energy bar company. We like to consider ourselves more of like a lifestyle brand that just happens to the sell energy bars. The whole idea of me, you know, people are like, why are you doing en- caffeinated energy bars? Well, it really started off like this. Like it, I am a huge coffee drinker. I love coffee. You know what I mean? Coffee is like my life. I'd love caffeine. I'd rather die than not have caffeine. That's just the truth, right? It's like one of the non-negotiables in my life, like really seriously. And, but there was a time where I started to, started to notice negative effects of coffee where I'd feel good for a little bit, but I would get anxiety crash and start feeling um, like, uh, what's it called? Like, like jittery, right? Mm -hmm. So I started looking for an alternative to caffeine. And one of the things that people said online was to try, which like was matcha and green tea. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll, try matcha and green tea so I tried that and it was a game changer for me I I loved it a lot like I made like a matcha latte every morning and I I loved it right but one of the things that I realized is that I don't always have the ability to bring like a hot tea bag with me and hot water wherever I went right so basically what I did was I infused the green tea into a bar because a bar is very convenient uh it's not temperature dependent doesn't need to be hot or cold and it's um and it and it's like what's it called? It is, you can change the flavors. And I was like, cool, let me do that. So I made the bar to solve my own problem. It was not a business idea at first. So I, and then I had the bar and I'm like, dude, this is freaking phenomenal. I ate it before I work out. I had one this afternoon, like as a pick me up as like a supplement towards my day, I still have my matcha in the morning, but then in the afternoon, I just grab one, you know, um, 
And that's, and then what I started to do is I started to share it with like my friends and they were like, dude, this is super good. Right. So, so what it turned out to be is this brand super vibe, which our product is of a 100 calorie vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO, no artificial sweeteners, like an incredible, like, mind you, if I'm putting a, if I'm making a bar to solve my own problem, I want it to like be the best. So I created a product that even uses a rare sugar called allulose uh, in the bar. And allulose is the only like sugar in the entire world that has no glycemic effect on the body. It does not increase the, your blood sugar levels. It's, it's so much so that the FDA doesn't even classify it as a sugar. They classify it as a carb, all right? And it's organic. It's, excuse me, it's vegan. It's, it actually comes from figs. So and it, this ingredient is really expensive, but we set out to create the best bar possible and infuse it with green tea uh, for people that value not just like energy, but like people who value like growth. Like the whole mission behind Super Vibe is to empower people to feel good, dream big, and be become more. So we wanted to take this like like this idea of like health and like energy and like merge it into this realm of like growth and personal development and like success. Because we believe when we ask the question of our target audience and who we're making it for, for like entrepreneurs, people who are, you know, like dreamers and people that have goals and ambition, we realize why do they even want energy, right? Or why do people want to be healthy? Like, oh, it's because they want energy. And then we ask the question, but why do people want energy? It's like, because people want to become more in their life. And that became a part of our mission statement. That became a part of everything we do. So that first part, feel good. And then the second part, dream big. The third part, become more. That first part, feel good, is we realize that if we don't create a product and a brand that people feel good about through our ingredients, through our the energy they feel from our bar, from what we represent as a brand, then we are already failing as a company. So every decision we make is predicated on like, is this in the best you know, interest and uh, for solving the problem for our consumer. Oh, they're only a hundred calories and you can like bring it in your pocket. Uh, you can give it to your friends. Like it's, it's, it's literally so legit. So I stand by the product and I can't wait for people to try it. So that's what Super Vibe is. We're going to be launching. Um, we don't have an official date yet. Maybe uh, we're thinking about like in the next month or two, we're, we're kind of like doing some food safety testing with the bars. All of the formulas are already done. We're launching three flavors, chocolate dream, uh, blueberry bliss and matcha magic. Our goal is to create flavors that nobody's ever done in the market, like milk tea, Thai tea, freaking like just Ooh, okay, yeah, exactly. Like the, the sky's the limit for what kind of flavors we want to do. We we want to be a brand that's not politically correct, a brand that isn't afraid to be different. We're not your typical like health brand. Uh, we're very we're very like we're just we're just who we are, and we're not afraid to like veer off this like space of like. The, the traditional like health and like uh, like nutrition space, you know what I mean? Because it sometimes it can be very sophisticated and politically correct. And while one, one, while our values is being health conscious, which is part of our roots, uh, we want to do things differently. Um, and that includes like doing different flavors and, um, you know, helping people just like feel good throughout the day. Like that's, we want to be a part of people's journey. And that's, that's kind of why we set out to really put this, bring this product to market. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I cannot wait to get my hands on all three flavors and all the other flavors that you have coming up. I really am excited for this and I can't wait to watch you disrupt the entire industry because we haven't seen anything like this bar on the market yet, or at least not at any of the many stores that I shop at. Um, we're talking about an energy bar that's health conscious 
So it hit, it checks all the check boxes of being healthy. And on top of all that, it's only a hundred calories. That's absolutely insane. Every bar, and I didn't say this earlier, has about 80 milligrams of caffeine from green tea, Ooh. organic green tea leaves. So um, that's the equivalent of like having one cup of coffee, right? Because a lot of people always ask like how much caffeine is going to be in there? It's, it's about like an espresso shot or a cup of coffee. So uh, just from an educational standpoint, I'll just say this is that the reason why green, like green tea and matcha does not give you the jittering, like why it gives you a smooth energy over like a sustained period of time without like this super high spike in this crash is because green tea has an amino acid called L-theanine and L-theanine is responsible for like the slow absorption of like caffeine in the body. So the body doesn't just like, it doesn't shock the nervous system. It like slowly absorb it, absorbs it. So you get this like, this like the nice energy kick without like the jitters and the anxiety and like, I was like, that's one of the reasons why I even made the product. And that just makes me even more excited for when you launch Super Vibe, because the amount of care, the amount of detail, the amount of research that you put into developing this product to make sure that it is the best that it can be for your consumers only makes me believe in it that much more and only makes me think about how much more it's going to be, how much more of a game changer it's going to be in the industry in the market. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day and coming onto the show and sharing your story, your struggle, and how you overcame those struggles with everyone. I appreciate you so much. And if you aren't already following this man, you need to go to Instagram, go follow this man, Derek Struggle. His name is spelled a little bit differently than mine. It's actually D-E-R-R-I-C-K Struggle. Um, and you will be inspired by the way that this man moves. And this is all we have time for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will catch you on the next show. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. Yeah.